This is Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. And now your host, Michael O'Fallon. We are truly in an undeniable situation. If you are someone that has been listening to me or following Sovereign Nation since our inception over four years ago, you would have heard me explaining that there is an overall systemic shift that would be coming to change our civilization, to change our system of meritocracy. In other words, that may the best man win, or may the person who studies the longest, tests the highest, performs the best, may be able to secure the best jobs or the best positions, to succeed in our world. We believe that may the companies that are the most innovative and with the best business practices, and that please the customers the most, succeed. That the best companies that navigate our system of economics and laws in a strategic and profitable way may succeed and that each and every person in our nation has inalienable rights, that each person has equal opportunity under the law, that each and every person will be judged equally, and that favoritism based on ethnicity, skin color, or sex would not be tolerated. We believe that the leaders of our nation, that we elected, would work in our best interests according to the oaths that they swore, or at the very least, that they would work hard enough to ensure that the results of their governance would be under the constitutional framework and that their efforts would produce favor amongst the electorate, the electorate that supposedly would be the ones that would decide who would be allowed to govern our great nation, allowed by the consent of the legal voters in this nation. That has, for the most part, been the agreed and consented to framework that we have followed for the last couple of centuries. At least in many cases, that was the apparent charade that was going on. And while many of our presidents were taking actions that would ultimately hurt our nation as a whole, the nation was somewhat unified that what was important was that we had a strong, constitutional, prosperous, safe, liberty-minded nation. With leaders who demanded that you tell the truth and that you followed the laws. But something has happened. And it has been happening for years. I have no illusions about that, by the way. That the current leadership is lying. We know that they are lying. They know that we know that they are lying. And they are lying anyway. And worst of all, they are demanding that we follow their lies. No questions asked. If you push back on their lie, you are an enemy of the new subjective state. But the lies have now been piled high and deep. The lies are so widespread that it is undeniable that we are in a situation where everything that we know to be true, or that everything that society has agreed to be true, is being deconstructed. It is being dismantled. But thankfully the entire destructive web of what is happening around us is being revealed. And so many are able to see it now. Some for the first time. The purposeful disrupting and dismantling of our economic systems, our education system, our faiths, our governance, our legal system, our laws, our nation, and our civilization as a whole 
is being disrupted and dismantled. Well, back in 2017 and 2018, I started to explain to my listeners that there was a purposeful attempt to disrupt and dismantle our nation. I explained that by using techniques such as the fertile fallacy and reflexivity, that the glue that holds our society together, that thin veil of tolerance and agreement, would be torn apart ideologically, economically, and spiritually. I explained how ideologies such as critical race theory, white privilege, intersectionality, who are handmaids to the critical social justice and overall ideas that are part of this cluster of subjective collectivist ideas, would rip our society apart. I said this to so many men, so many men at the highest levels of leadership, and I was basically dismissed. Of course, this was before you could get paid for being against CRT. I was told that I was being mean and flesh-centered in my bringing light to what has been happening in our education, corporate, and faith communities. And after launching Sovereign Nations in 2017, and trying to be as wide as possible, I tried to work with faith-based groups, and in particular, in the Reformed Evangelical community, to help them understand what was happening and who was responsible. Curiously enough, it was many Roman Catholic groups, conservative Roman Catholic groups, that could completely understand what was going on, because it had been going on in their churches for decades. But it took until, let's say, mid-2018 for just about everyone and anyone to start to recognize the problem. And then it was just the very tip of it. I explained that this was a political movement disguised as a theological movement. And in 2017 and 2018, folks like Albert Muller, Legan Duncan, Mark Dever, Tim Keller, and others were full mask off. J.D. Greer was reading script after script of CRT nonsense, going full Foucault, full Marcusa, holding nothing back, creating idea-laundering document after idea-laundering document, and we kept on exposing it. In evangelical Christianity, the woke fest of what was called MLK 50 with members of the Gospel Coalition and the ERLC pretty much made it undeniable that what I had been saying to who I believe were faithful leaders was true. That there was a massive attempt to transition the Christian faith into a subjective, radical, Augustinian framework of something that resembled a critical social justice, postmodern, neo-Marxist version of systemic, alchemic, new faith with characteristics of Gnosticism and Hermeticism. Yes, we were saying this back in 2017 and 2018. And all of this was being accomplished by using a form of Kantian or Hegelian dialectical approaches. In other words, thesis, antithesis, and then synthesis. Or you maybe you've heard it as problem, reaction, solution, over and over again. Doing operational preparation of the environment to prepare the groundwork to your proposed solution for years. Then, creating the problem or waiting for the precipitating event to occur that you could highlight, and then accelerate the contradictions. And I want you to remember that phrase, accelerate the contradictions, because that's what we'll be talking about this morning. And to accelerate the contradictions means to heighten, sharpen, develop the contradictions, to accelerate heighten, or develop a crisis. Now, the earliest use of any of this kind of methodology of 
heightening or accelerating or developing the contradictions is in Hegel's logic. And it pretty much has all the elements of what we've been describing. Let me read a little bit of that to you here. Quote, Intelligent reflection, to mention this here, consists, on the contrary, in grasping and asserting contradiction. Even though it does not express the notion of things and their relationships, and has for its material and content only the determinations of ordinary thinking, it does bring these into a relation that contains their contradiction and allows their notion to show or shine through the contradiction. Thinking reason, however, sharpens, so to say, the blunt difference of diverse terms, the mere manifoldness of pictorial thinking, into essential difference, into opposition. Only when the manifold terms have been driven to the point of contradiction do they become active and lively towards one another, receiving in contradiction the negativity, which is the indwelling pulsation of self-movement and spontaneous activity. End quote. And that was Hegel. And again, with Karl Marx, who of course was heavily influenced by Hegel, you will see the heightening or accelerating or developing the contradictions by Marx in his 1844 manuscripts, where he is writing about the development of English political economy after Adam Smith. And Marx writes this, quote, It is therefore another great achievement of modern English political economy to have declared rent of land to be the difference in the interest yielded by the worst and the best land under cultivation, to have exposed the landowner's romantic illusions, his alleged social importance and the identity of his interests with the interests of society, a view still maintained by Adam Smith after the physiocrats, and to have anticipated and prepared the movement of the real world which will transform the landowner into an ordinary, prosaic capitalist, and thus simplify and sharpen the contradiction between capital and labor, that is, and hasten its resolution. Land as land and rent as rent have lost their distinction of rank and become insignificant capital and interest, or rather, capital and interest that signify only money. End quote. That was Karl Marx. A further maturation of this phrase of accelerating the contradictions or, quote, sharpen the contradictions, has happened with 20th century Marxism, promoting revolution by making the current state of things more intolerable. And that is what is happening right now with the Biden administration. That is what is happening with the corporate oligarchs that are pushing critical race theory, diversity, equity, inclusion, and climate justice. That is what is happening in faith-based communities who are partnering in this endeavor as well. They are promoting revolution and are purposely making the current state of our nation absolutely intolerable. Well, let's go back to around 1900, before the fall of Russia and before it became the Soviet Union. Rosa Luxemburg was a Polish Marxist economist and a revolutionary socialist. She was a member of the Social Democratic Party of Germany and a Communist Party of Germany, who brought about the Weimar Republic just after World War I. Rosa comes closer into really explaining what this is in a modern form in her work, Reform a Revolution 
in 1900. Let me quote from Rosa Luxemburg. Quote, In other words, when evaluated from the angle of their final effect on capitalist economy, cartels and trusts fail as means of adaption. They fail to attenuate the contradictions of capitalism. On the contrary, they appear to be an instrument of greater anarchy. They encourage the further development of the internal contradictions of capitalism. They accelerate the coming of a general decline of capitalism. So the Marxist Miss Rosa Luxemburg, who desired to create a Marxist revolution in Germany, desires to disrupt and dismantle capitalism by exposing the inability of capitalism to handle a system attack. So you need some group, some internal group that has used entryism to purposely disrupt, let's say, a supply chain, to purposely disrupt our balance in our economic system to purposely disrupt our system of justice, to purposely disrupt our law enforcement, to purposely disrupt the lives of ordinary citizens and their reliance upon their careers and jobs for their sustenance and for supporting their families, to purposely disrupt their faith communities and set them all against one another, bringing in radical neo-Marxist views. And all of this to dismantle, to send to ruin, to create a revolution against our old ways, to destroy what we knew worked, to bring in all of this chaos, to tear apart everything, to bring misery and hell upon the citizens of the United States, and to make it even worse month by month, gradually, slowly to accelerate the contradictions, to demolish our systems of government and way of life, an all-out assault on the United States and capitalism. Vladimir Lenin, the leader of the Marxist-Communist Russian Revolution of 1917, explains this revolutionary strategy in his 1897 work, The Heritage We Renounce. Again, his 1897 work titled, The Heritage We Renounce, and I quote, The Enlightener believes in the present course of social development, because he fails to observe its inherent contradictions. The Narodnik fears the present course of social development, because he is already aware of these contradictions. The Disciple of dialectical materialism, believes in the present course of social development because he sees the only earnest hope of a better future in the full development of these contradictions. The first and last trends, therefore, strive to support, accelerate, facilitate development along the present path to remove all obstacles which hamper this development and retard it, end quote. And what Lenin means by, quote, develop these contradictions, end quote, is to problematize everything in reality. Lenin states that to have revolution, you must accelerate these contradictions to both retard or damage the capitalistic system, to break it, to allow the communist revolution to begin. 
And Lenin's primary purpose in accelerating the contradictions or accelerating the revolution. And by the way, again, notice the title of Lenin's work that I just read from. Quote, the heritage we renounce. His revolution, this revolution is all about renouncing the heritage of the nation that you wish to overthrow. And so your heritage is ripped apart. They accelerate the contradictions by pushing the falsified nonsense of the 1619 Project. And why do they do this? Well, they do this to make you think that what you've believed for your entire life about the Declaration of Independence, about the Constitution, about our system of government, about our economic structures, well, all of that was racist. That was all colonizing. That was evil. So they contradict what you knew to be true from before. And that is why when you walk into the National Archives in Washington, D.C., before you go up to see the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, well, nowadays, since the Obama administration, you first need to go through the newly installed Rubenstein Center. And in the Rubenstein Center, you will find out that if you are Latino, that the Declaration and Constitution was not written for you. It was written for old white men. And that everything in the Constitution is a contradiction. You will find out, if you are African American, that the Declaration and the Constitution was not written for you, and that the Constitution is a contradiction. You will find out, if you are Asian, that the Declaration and the Constitution was not written for you. It was written for old white men. And that if you are an Asian, the Constitution is a contradiction. You will find out, if you are a woman, that the Declaration and the Constitution was not written for you. It was written for old white men. White men who are here to oppress you. White men who want everything for their advantage. And that you are a victim. You are oppressed. And you are a victim. Of the Declaration of Independence, you are a victim of the Constitution of the United States. As a matter of fact, you're a victim of the United States. Everything that you've heard when you were young about the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, well, the Rubenstein Center at the National Archives will contradict everything that you believed before. They will take those rosy dreams and they will demolish them. They will deconstruct those ideas. They will make sure that when you go up to see the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, that you will hate it. You will despise it. And you will be upset because everything that you learned before about the foundation of our nation will be contradicted. And so, just like when you heard when you were a little boy or a girl that Santa Claus was real, and then you heard that it was all just a big made-up fantasy and contradict what you had known when you were just a kid and ruin your dreams. Well, the National Archives will now let you know that what you thought you knew about our nation was a racist, oppressive lie. They will contradict 
what you thought you knew was true about the United States. So they will say, well, you can't live by lies. You need to help us replace this nation with a nation built on an equitable, diverse, and inclusive basis, with a circular economy built on stakeholder principles instead of shareholder capitalism. In other words, they will have you advocating for an eco-fascist, totalitarian, neo-Marxist nation that will be absorbed as a nation-state into a global structure. And if you voted for Joe Biden, to be truthful, you voted for this insurrection. You voted to overturn the United States of America. The nation is in the hands of fascist corporations, wild-eyed radical Marcusians, the Chinese Communist Party, and the utopian Hegelians at the World Economic Forum in the United Nations. So for the past 12 to 15 years, those around you in positions of leadership and power have been laying the groundwork for this American eco-fascist neo-Marxist revolution. And who are the leaders that have done this? Well, leaders in the Democrat Party. Leaders in the Republican Party as well. Leaders in education. Leaders in faith and religion. Leaders in corporations and finance who have been telling you that what you believe about absolute truth in math is colonized by racist white ideas. They are trying to contradict what you have known to be true about math. They have also been telling you that what you know to be true about your trade, about your business, about your proper business principles were all racist, white, misogynistic ideas. They are trying to contradict what you know to be true about your business. They have also been telling you that what you know to be true about the Christian faith, about the gospel, about biblical hermeneutics, about Christian history, well, your Christian faith, your heritage, just like Lenin had said, it is the heritage that you now need to renounce. You see, the Christianity that you knew when you were young was racist, filled with white supremacy and misogyny. They are trying to contradict what you know to be true about your Christian faith. Folks, this is what has happened. And as you hear that, gas prices and oil prices are going up and there is nothing that they can do about it. I need you to think. They are promoting revolution and are purposely making the current state of our nation absolutely intolerable. And all of these leaders have been preparing this at the same time. To again quote the Marxist Rosa Luxemburg from the 1900s, they are accelerating further development of the supposed contradictions of capitalism. They are accelerating the coming of a general decline of capitalism. And their case is that the oil-based economy, the capitalistic economy, is full of contradictions. And that Marxism is the way to be consistent. But this Marxism is a new improved neo-Marxism that is bound to eco-fascism. That is what the World Economic Forum is. 
And so it won't just be the Biden administration who is accelerating the contradictions. It won't just be Boris Johnson who is accelerating the contradictions. It will be Apple as well. It will be UPS. It will be Wells Fargo. It will be United Airlines. It will be Carnival Cruise Lines. It will be Nabisco. And it will certainly be BlackRock. You see, the Great Reset and the use of COVID-19, and now the climate crisis, are the precipitating events meant to heighten the contradictions. Accelerate the contradictions. Show that our current systems, our current economy, our current governmental structures couldn't handle what has happened with COVID-19. That's why even now, all the reasons for everything that's happening in regards to supply chains, oil, the economy, jobs, it's all blamed on COVID-19. And their response to that is, of course, not let's get back to normal. Let's get back to business, folks. No, it's that everything must change and it must change now. So, when John Kerry, just a few days ago at COP26, said, quote, climate finance is key to accelerate climate action, end quote. He is talking about accelerating the contradictions that will lead us to their messy blend of ecofascistic neo-Marxist governance. And hence, when you go back to buy a car, and you are told that there are no cars available at all from any car manufacturer. And then you realize that John Kerry, Joe Biden, Klaus Schwab, and every major car manufacturer in the world just happens to be in on the entire scheme to go completely electric and then to go completely driver-free, then you begin to realize that you're in the midst of a complete revolution. They are here to first show that everything that you were doing was wrong. It was bad. You were a polluter. You were someone that could cause accidents. You are someone that is actually destroying the environment. And now they have the right way. And it is the only way. And they will heighten the contradictions and make it completely impossible to drive your gas-powered car. They will problematize your old way of life. Also, think again about the introduction of the 1619 Project. When did that happen? The Project 1619 that wanted to heighten the contradictions. The 1619 Project that sought to try and change the narrative that our nation was not founded by those seeking refuge from religious persecution and tyranny. They wanted to make sure that you understood falsely that America was founded on slavery. And they would create mythological, apocryphal stories about 1619 to try to shove in the contradictions, to make sure that you didn't have good and thankful thoughts about the founding of our nation 400 years ago in Plymouth. Why do you think they chose 2020 for the Great Reset anyway? Well, if you think about it, what became the promise of America was a great reset of the feudal system in Europe back in the 17th century. So in 2020, it was time to take it back. Accelerate the contradictions.
And so when you are going to be told that you must accept every single belief of Black Lives Matter, the Marxist oppressive group that supports the concept that to end their fantasy concepts that we live in a systemically racist nation and that our systems need to be replaced, that the system that they want to replace it with is systemically racist against people who happen to be white or people that happen to be male or people that happen to be heterosexual. And so you start to think about these crazy originally posted ideas about Black Lives Matter. And that is exactly what is being put into place under diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Corporately, they are promoting revolution and are purposely making the current state of our nation absolutely intolerable. At the same time that all of this was happening in the corporate world, in education, in politics, in law, those men and women who over the past 13 years have participated in leadership in the Gospel Coalition who have supported Southern Baptist seminaries, who have hired professors and platformed men, knowing full well that they are spouting neo-Marxism and preparing the way of the revolution, who were expounding to all of their students that heard them, who were expounding to all of the churches that heard them speak, who were expounding to all of the thousands in conferences where they spoke, pushing books that were filled with critical race theory and Marxist-tinged, twisted Gnostic theology, promoting ideas like the Reformed African American Network or The Witness that pushed all of this nonsense from pastors that were at Reformed Theological Seminary and Southern Baptist Seminaries. I need you to think. They were promoting revolution and were purposely making the current state of our nation absolutely intolerable. They were, like the good old Marxists, exposing the contradictions of what Christianity is today, of our current civilization, shouting down in Facebook chat groups anyone that would for the very least bit say something positive about America. The contradiction to ensure that you had better believe that everything that you knew about the church, about the gospel, about your faith, was racist, was misogynistic, was systemically oppressive. They want to hyper-accelerate the contradictions. They are preparing ye the way for the revolution. And today, dear brothers and sisters, if all of my pleading over the past four years hasn't gotten through to you yet, if the entirety of my career that I've given up, my future that I've given up, my past relationships that I have sacrificed at the altar of truth haven't helped you to have your breakthrough moment yet, that we are in the midst of an active revolution, then let this be the moment right now. Understand that this won't be fixed by just another election cycle. This won't be fixed by getting a smooth talking order for our side. We will need to use every single legal means in the United States available to remove these revolutionaries from power before our nation is canceled. Because that is what is happening to us. The United States is being canceled. And the replacement? 
an oppressive, neo-Marxist, eco-fascist, algoocracy that will destroy individual liberty and seek to transition humanity. You will lose everything, quickly, if they are allowed to continue. And today is the day to take a stand. Wherever you are, in whatever you do, and wherever you can, take a stand today and push back. Push back in the national government. Push back in your local government. Push back in the Republican Party. Let's remove the rhinos now. Push back in your schools. Get rid of the CRT Marxist teachers. Push back in your churches and denominations. Get rid of those who have facilitated and accelerated the Marxist contradictions. The time is now, while there still is a United States of America. There really is no tomorrow. There is only now. And there is only us to stand in the way. I'm Michael O'Fallon, and this has been Public Occurrences, Both Foreign and Domestic. Thank you.